on the road again. I just can't wait to be on the road again. Going to my place of work again. Boom, boom. I'm on the road again. It's been six months since Atlanta advertising agency Fisco officially returned to the office. The team has weathered spikes in in in-office COVID cases, blurring lines between work life and home life, and technological hiccups. But ultimately, it has been a smooth transition. Thanks to the pandemic, they've gone from the traditional nine-to-five in-office work schedule to a more flexible hybrid model. In the final episode of The Return, we'll do one more check-in with Fitzgo staffers, Eric Arenas, Bryce Burton, Jennifer J.J. Jones, and of course, CEO Dave Fitzgerald. We'll also take a final look at what the future of work could be. I'm Kamika McCoy, and this is The Return, a Digiday podcast where we explore what a return to the office looks like for one advertising agency adapting to the new, not-quite-post-pandemic normal. The first time I visited the Fitzgo office was on a chilly Tuesday in February. When I got there, there were green and orange balloons outside, welcoming staff back from a nearly two-year hiatus. Inside, the coffee bar was pretty noisy, surrounded by people exchanging hugs and fist bumps, something like the first day of school. As staff came in, they picked up a name tag and a color-coded sticker to signify how much personal space they needed given the pandemic. When we started working on this podcast in February, the country was just coming down from the Omicron surge. Just a month earlier, we were averaging over 800,000 cases a day. Now, we're averaging just over 100,000. Six months later, I was back in the office. It was raining when I got there, heavy enough to be heard pounding on the large glass windows. The balloons were gone, as were the name tags. The coffee bar is still open, with three Fitzco staffers catching up, waiting on their drink orders. The office is quieter. CEO Dave told me two more people are out battling COVID. He recently just recovered from the virus himself. I found Eric Arenas at his desk, where he was answering emails with headphones on. My name is Eric Arenas, and I am a newly promoted media planner here at Fitzco. I've been here a little over a year. Um, I think the last time when we interviewed, I was still an associate media planner, but now I am a media planner. Look at you. Congratulations. Thank you. When did the promotion happen? Like a week or two ago. So it's fairly recent. I literally just got it. But I'm very excited. Very fun stuff to look forward to. So last time we talked, one of the things that you also noted is that it makes it a lot easier for you to kind of get a sense of what work looks like. Because um, I think last time we talked, Mad Men was your example. Yeah, that was my experience. <laughs> so what is agency life to you now that you've been here for a little while, if you had to describe it? Yeah, it's exactly like Mad Men. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's it's way better. You get a lot of collaboration going on. I'm with people. Communication is a lot faster. I feel like things really get done 
um, at a faster rate when you're actually in office versus like when you're working from home. Um, just like, for example, like even sending an email or like working on a couple of projects opposed to like sending somebody an email or sending them a Teams chat and waiting for them to respond is literally just looking over your shoulder and like asking them and then giving you that feedback like immediately. So I've noticed that projects really get done a lot faster when in the office. I feel like if anything, I just got more comfortable with the work environment. I know last time I talked about how it was all new to me coming here, um, but I've been enjoying it. I've been getting more comfortable, I've been meeting a lot more people um, even people who work in other departments, I've been getting closer with them. I feel like it was something that you couldn't really do while on a Zoom call or like a Teams call. Um, you can't really get close to people like that. But now that we're here in the office twice a week, I do have that liberty of like getting to know people from other departments, working with them, having lunch with them, um, all sorts of good stuff. Eric was a new addition to the company in 2021. Like many others, he joined remotely. So he missed out on the casual team bonding that happens during in-person work. Fitzco staff comes into the office for in-person work just twice a week. The flexibility of the hybrid schedule has been the best of both worlds for Eric. Tuesdays and Thursdays, he has the chance to build in-person work connections. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, he manages his own time. The latter has come with a learning curve. I would definitely say that when you're working from home, you're definitely more on your own. So you do have to have like that discipline of like telling yourself, hey, work on this project between these two meetings that you have or else the work is just never going to get done. And then you're at home so you could get distracted. You might get on your phone. You might, I don't know, put a load of laundry in because um, you have a little bit of extra time. But uh, I feel like if anything, it really helps, at least it's helped me manage my time better. Um, ensuring that the work gets done in a timely manner and just really helping clients meet all the expectations that they have. And I guess my last question would be, given that you have the experience of coming in now, do you feel like it's worth it to be in an office? Like the company culture and all that, is it worth it? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's some really intangible stuff that you can't get from working from home, like the culture, you really get a feel for it when you're actually in the office. The teamwork that you get, the collaboration that you feel, it's like a whole different, what would it be? A whole different energy that you feel when you're actually in the office. Um, I really enjoy it. And I'm actually thankful that we do it that way. Before when I was strictly work from home and if we would have remained that way, um, I feel like I never would have actually experienced what it would feel like to truly be at an agency and really feel the collaborative efforts that happen day to day. Um, stuff like that really, I feel like, is important for somebody working in the industry. While in-office work has been paramount in Eric's career development, rising inflation has changed some of his habits on the days that he does have to come in. Prices for things like gas and groceries have spiked following the supply chain shortages and other economic issues stemming from the pandemic. For Eric, that's meant tabling things like office lunch outings to avoid what's been dubbed as lunchflation. So I recently got an apartment and I learned how expensive groceries can be. Um, so I couldn't do groceries and go out to eat after, during work to go get lunch. So what I've been doing is I've been meal prepping and cooking more, um, trying to spend as little money as possible for the food. But that's really been what's changed. I know last time we talked about gas prices. I only live like 10 minutes from here, so gas really is no concern to me. And luckily I don't have to sit through like 
traffic. Last time we talked, I think my commute was about 25 minutes and I was only 10, so it's like cut in half. Um, so I'm enjoying it. Definitely became more conscious about groceries now that like I'm on my own um, with my girlfriend actually, but yeah, things, prices are crazy right now. The sting of higher prices is one employees have been feeling for months. Unless you live further out from the office in which you've been feeling the tax of returning to work since return to work plans started. We talked to Bryce Burton about this in episode one. He's Fitzco's director and editor who lives maybe 40 minutes away from the office, running him at least $400 in gas every month just to get to work. For the most part, Bryce comes into the office Tuesdays and Thursdays like the rest of the Fitzco staff. But as an editor who works a lot with visuals, toting things into the office twice a week turned out to be harder than it seemed. And he needed more flexibility, or as Bryce puts it, fluidity, to come into the office when it makes sense. So whenever we come into the office, it's it's either for a shoot or, you know, if there's a, a meeting that I need to be at or... And sometimes it's just to go in to to say hey to everybody, you know, because you work with these people all the time. So, um, and if I'm and if I'm working on something smaller to where it's easier to transport, you know, it's not that it's not like a big thing. Then yeah, why not? Let's go in that way. Go have lunch with whoever or a work day in at the office, um, which is not a bad thing. It's just um, you know we are dedicated to a a workstation. On the day I visit the Fisco office. I find Bryce standing at his desk, just a few seats away from Eric. He's got two monitors and a slew of bright orange hard drives strewn across his desk, all of which he needs to produce creative spots for Fitzko. When we talked to him on the first day back, all he had to work with was one laptop. The transition to hybrid work wasn't as easy for Bryce as it was for some of his coworkers. In trying to keep up with everything needed to produce and edit Fitzko's creative spots, he spent a lot of time worrying about losing hard drives or misplacing files between his home computer and work computer. Right. So it's not like we can just pick up our laptop and go to lunch and work at lunch, you know, or, or work at a coffee shop or whatever. So we have to have a be sitting in front of a computer. And, and that's just it, it's it's unique in the advertising world, I think, because. There's, I think every ad agency now has has in-house people, production people, um, but we are, you know, we have three in the office of a group of, you know, 65 or 70 people. So it's like a small, unique situation, but I don't know. I, I was I was just much more worried about, you know, dropping something or missing something because of the logistics of the process. I do want to circle back to the conversation that you were able to have with your superiors kind of about the more flexible work schedule. Um, I'd love to know kind of how how were you thinking about approaching that conversation and kind of how did it go? You know, I, I am I'm the type of person that if Fitzco said you need to be in the office Monday through Friday, I would be there Monday through Friday. So I never wanted it to come off as a complaint or that I was trying to stay at home because that wasn't the case. The, the, what I was, I was concerned about the technicalities of everything. And, and, and so far I've been 100% correct on what the workflow is ending up being. And we've managed it. 
Is it the best way of doing things? No. Are we trying to resolve that? Yes. So when I approached, um, I'll just say Fitzco about going back to work Tuesdays and Thursdays, I went at it at a 100% technical perspective and I gave solutions to mitigate the risk that we were taking by doing this precise workflow. Bryce's experience really drives the point home when talking about how flexibility fits into the return to work. There's no one-size-fits-all approach that'll work for everyone. It seems like Fitzco realizes that and has been making accommodations for individual needs. At the end of our conversation, I asked Bryce if he thought his new workflow is sustainable. If hybrid and flexible work felt like they were here to stay. He seemed pretty confident in his response. I've adjusted to working from home and that was a real pain to start. But once it started and after a few months, that became the new normal and it so we just we adjusted. Now with going back, even the, let's say I let's say I was in the office every every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, do I see it as sustainable? Yes. Do I think that advertising, especially advertising, um, is a unique industry for that model? And I think it could work. And for one, I hope it does. Advertising is unique also because it's not, you know, it's not a nine to five job. You, I, I've been up working since 6.30 this morning. So if I had to go drive into work, I, we lose an hour of me working on things where I'm able to walk out to my office and sit down and, and begin. But as far as sustainability goes across the board, we're unique in this little process of, of data, but I feel, you know, account, pe- account people, uh, creatives, um, traditional creatives, they can work from anywhere. And sometimes from a creative aspect, it's good for them to get out of that space. Regardless, if we were the office anytime, go to a coffee shop, go after work and with your computer and sit down and have a beer and and talk with somebody about an idea and have your computer with you and and you know you're working you may not you may not be at the office but you're still working you're, you're that creative process you know it's good it's good to to experience life outside of those walls while you're trying to generate and concept ideas for whoever i think even before the pandemic you had those pockets in the office where people would go or they would go to lunch and take their laptops. So they were already doing it. We just didn't know. Um, so I feel it, it is sustainable. I think it's healthy. It gives people a chance for a work-life balance and still accomplishing the company's mission. So it, it's a win-win for, for not only the company, but for the people. And I hope it continues. Work-life balance looks different for everyone. For Bryce, it's the choice to not come into the office on days that shooting, filming, and editing make it nearly impossible. For Jennifer Jones, a.k.a. JJ, Fitzgo's investment supervisor, it's about having a line of delineation between work life and home life. The last six months have allowed that for the mom of three, but currently it's summer, meaning the kids are out of school, straining JJ's work schedule just a bit. Managing the kids at home throughout the summer has been sort of a rewind. Um, It's like, 
Oh my goodness, I remember this. When you guys were in school, mom had that break when she worked from home. Now you guys are home all day um, and it's it's back to the challenge. The good thing is that the the small one, the three-year-old, she's back in daycare. So that is the somewhat relief. There are a lot of things. I won't. I will say this: it is not as bad as it was with all three at home five days a week. That was like absolute torture. Um, but now that we've got the little break, everyone's sort of even gotten used to this situation. Mom's working. We know leave her alone. Back away. Tread lightly. Um, it it has been not as bad. We'll be. Absolutely grateful for the 12 days um, there are left before school starts. So we are counting down in my house, but <laughs> otherwise it's, you know, we're, we're good. We're good. When we first met JJ, the transition to working from home at the height of the pandemic wasn't the hard part. The hard part was having kids at home during quarantine. In episode one, you'll remember the scene where things got a bit overwhelming for her. I pressed the mute button. I stand up and I look at everyone in the room and I'm like, stop, just stop. Having a clear return to the office plan means JJ can plan her family life around the new work routine. Something she's been looking forward to for a while now. The planning has been great. It's, it's, I've gotten them on a schedule, especially the, I mean, they're older when you've got 11 and eight year olds. So when I've got when I come in the office, dad's able to stay at home. And then he get, we sort of do the flip-flop. When I'm home, he heads out to work. And that flexibility has been amazing. So trying to make sure that we do stay on a schedule, it'll even be more rigid once we get back into um, into school time. So we'll have sports and things like that. We've even got a couple now. But otherwise, that's how I operate. You give me a schedule. I know what time, uh, how long to, to it takes to travel to get there or, you know, whatever prep I need to do for it. And then that gives me that freedom to sort of say, okay, here's a pocket of time for maybe this, or here's another pocket of time I can do for that. And the kids are pretty receptive. My son said, I really love it when you write me out a schedule. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I love to send out schedules. I will do that for you. So he's happy with his iPad and he checks his iPad and he's like, I did this, check. And he'll send me a text and say, it's done. And I'm like, yes, organization. I love it. I asked JJ how the Tuesday and Thursday routine fits into her schedule and what flexibility looks like for her as a parent. So I will give you a little history. In the past, when we've had um, school time and daycare time, it was everyone's out the door by 7, 6.30. I mean, we can, let's, if we can do it earlier, let's do it. I'm trying to get here by 8 o'clock. Lately, during the summer mode, <laughs> it's gotten a little more, oh, I guess I'll sleep in a few more minutes. It's, you know, 15 minutes. No one's, there's no traffic. There's no school right now. I can still get there by 8. I'm making it by 8.45. So <laughs> it it is it is doable. I think, again, for me, the flexibility to say, okay, I know I'm not coming in at eight o'clock like I used to. It's probably going to get back to that come August, September when they're all back on a schedule. But for now, it's it's good to say, I think I'm going to take these next few minutes and sleep a little longer. Or just take a little time and have coffee at home and not throw it in a to-go cup and drive here. For JJ, Bryce, and Eric, flexibility seems to be the name of the game. 
It's a point some of the future of work experts we talked to last episode brought up. Essentially, workers got a taste of a new way of working and leaned into it, pushing for a bigger share of voice in where and how work happens. After the break, we'll talk to another expert about how employers need to be thinking about the future of work and hear final lessons from CEO Dave. As it stands right now, a lot of companies seem to have found their sweet spot in hybrid work, whether that's just two days together in the office or three. In fact, a recent Gallup poll shows that hybrid work is the future for most offices. Failing to offer a flexible work environment is considered a risk for organizations. But hybrid work has to be productive, and employees need a reason to come together for in-person collaboration. For the last 20 years, Cali Yost has been helping companies reimagine when and where work is done. She's CEO and co-founder of Flex Strategy Group. To Cali, the future of work has less to do with creating new rules and regulations to box staff in. It has more to do with employers trusting their employees to do the work that needs to be done, even when they can't see them. So they usually come at this as we need a policy. You need to give me a one-size-fits-all policy that's going to tell everybody where they are working. And then they realize, okay, wait a minute, that's not going to work because it doesn't apply to everybody and it's not, nobody's going to pay attention to it because it actually doesn't align with their jobs. And then you get them to realize, actually, we can't do anything until your leaders are aligned around this new way of working. So a lot of them have followed the same pattern, which is go from, I need a policy, it's HR, to, oh no, we have to align our senior senior leadership. Now we need to rethink, sure, there's some enterprise level guardrails we want to put up, but now we've got to give our teams the skills and tools to figure out how and where they're working, but that's a consistent process that's happening throughout the organization. And then to see them execute that where you have different ways of working throughout the organization, but their people see it as fair because they understand we all went through the same process. Maybe we'd be doing this differently because we have different types of jobs. Maybe certain members of our team are more mature and they don't need as much on-site, right? Like there are different variables that go into what this is going to look like, but they have come so far from that original, I need a one-size-fits-all HR policy to this is a way we operate that everybody from the top down understands and is aligned around. And it's interesting, those that started even earlier, they're now on a next iteration, right, where they're even realizing there's maybe more flexibility within their model. But they have to take it in stages and, you know, they'll get there. A real-life example of this is the extra flexibility Bryce needed for the tedious process of shooting and editing, or JJ coming in just a bit later to square away the kids for school. Here's Callie again. Where I wish we were putting our attention is on what has to happen next. And what has to happen next is senior leaders really need to sit down and grapple with each other around those issues of what is a flexible work operating reality that my organization faces. 
What does that mean for us? How does that look? How do we get there? Because we're asking HR to do a job and make this execute, which is essentially a new way of running your business. They play a role, but you can't policyize this. So what role does the business have to play? And then what role do those senior leaders have to play in order to chart that path and bring everybody together to reimagine how, when, and where they're working? That is what has to happen next. And then we have to execute this in the way I just described. It's a process. There's a consistency to it. Managers are trained. Employees are trained. This really is a new set of skills people need to do this well. So I wish we were focusing on all those elements rather than spending so much time talking about return to office and hybrid days, on-site remote. That is a distraction from really these bigger issues that ultimately will lead us to what is next. What comes next has been top of mind for Dave. He's already set up new strategies to help fiscal leadership keep a pulse on the company's changing culture and employee needs. I just finished a series, I call them 10 Minutes with Dave, where I invite people to uh, tell me what three things we got to start doing, three things we got to stop doing, and three things we got to continue doing. And uh, so 40 of our 99 folks signed up, and I just finished them yesterday. <clears throat> and the work from home Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, and the Tuesday, Thursday in-office thing is going great. Everyone, 100% of people love it. And it's, you know, flexibility is going to be the name of the game forever. Uh, and I think we've, you know, I think we stumbled upon the right way with, you know, two days in the office for collaborative work and three days at home or wherever you want to work to, you know, to do more focused work. At this point in the pandemic, more companies have settled their return to office plans with a few stragglers eyeing Labor Day as their final call. For Fitzgo, they've settled into a routine, finding their footing in their new hybrid schedule. Here's more from Dave. Yeah, it's a very uh, fascinating time to be in any business or to be alive. The, uh, we're, we're figuring out, you know, the future of our office space. Uh, do, we, do we need all this space uh, if people are coming in two days a week? Um, and what kind of space do we need if that's the case? Uh, so it's a, it's a whole new world. You know, we're figuring out how to service clients differently, how to uh, shape space differently. Um, but it's been a, a wonderful, our margins go up every month. So we're getting uh, this, this remote thing uh, or this hybrid thing is, is working. Have we reconsidered what company culture means at all after this experience? No, I think the, the, the ethos is the same. It's just, it just manifests itself a lot differently. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got to, you know, you only have, in our case, uh, you know, 16 hours in the office a week. You got to make those 16 hours work for the culture of the company. Determining what the future of company culture looks like at Fitzgo may be the easy part of this next phase of work. The CEO has a lot to consider as the nation continues to battle COVID, rising inflation, and what experts are calling an economic downturn. Well, we've been trying to read the tea leaves, and it's impossible to do so. Uh, you know, labor, the labor market is still very tight. Uh, the you know, state of Georgia is booming. Mm -hmm. um, 
Some economists say there'll be no, uh, there'll be a soft landing. Some economists say there'll be a, a rough landing. Some economists predicting no recession. None of our clients have cut back yet um, for next year, but we're, we're just being very careful with everything that we do. Uh, watching controllable expenses and uh, carefully scrutinizing uh, more than normal uh, replacement hires and new hires. Um, I'd rather fight that fight now than have to do something drastic uh, if, if the market falls out. While it's not being called a recession just yet, some economists have speculated that it could deliver a blow to the remote and hybrid work trends. Bloomberg reports that a tightened labor market could give companies the chance to force more employees back to the office. A full return to the office isn't in the cards for Fitzgo anytime soon. But I did ask Dave what the impending economic downturn could mean for the agency. We're going to continue to spend money on, on growth uh, and people-oriented things uh, and try to look at other ways to, to save. Um, there are a lot of, you know, salaries are under more expense, any advertising agency. Um, so we have to look very carefully at that. Um, but a lot of other controllables. If you watch, uh, a wise man once told me, if you watch the pennies, the dollars take care of themselves. If back in January of 2020, you would have asked Dave about remote or hybrid work, he would have told you... That's a very naive question. <laughs> advertising is a person-to-person business that requires collaboration. Company culture can't be cultivated over Zoom. While he still stands on the company culture bit, the last two years have changed his perspective. You know, there, there are a lot of folks who are concerned about um, the, the, the inability to manage people in a hybrid situation. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of, the interesting thing for me is there's a lot of uh, self-policing that happens and a lot of team policing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people are, you know, I think they enjoy the flexibility. I think they're working just as much. Uh, and... Um, the teams are policing themselves, and individuals don't want to let the team down. Um, so it's group dynamics at its best. It seems corporate America has finally figured out a workflow that accounts for employee humanness, like childcare, traffic, and mental health. And to get there, all it took was a global pandemic. Instead of the traditional nine to five, Monday through Friday, employees across America have just a little bit more freedom, albeit temporarily for some companies, to work when and how they want to. It's the idea of autonomy. Who would have thought? The Return is brought to you by Digiday. This podcast was written and reported by me, Tamika McCoy, and produced and edited by Sarah Patterson. Our script editor is Priya Rao. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Then head over to worklife.news. Digiday's newest brand covering how work, workplaces, and the workforce are changing to meet new expectations.